1: Good morning. You're listening to WGNS, and we have on the air with us for the first half of the program, Josie Walker, and she's going to talk a little bit about the annual Christmas parade that takes place this weekend. Josie, how are you this morning?
2: I'm great. How are you?
1: I'm good. And I actually know you, I believe. (laughs) You do. How are we related? Fill me in here.
2: I I think we met at a grocery store.
1: Okay, yeah. Josie's my wife, (laughs) and she has helped out with the parade what the last three months four months how long has the planning been going on for the actual parade for this year
2: Uh, about three months
1: about three months okay and the parade is going to be on sunday what time will it actually start on sunday
2: at 2 p.m
1: it'll leave out from well close to the mtsu campus east main at middle tennessee boulevard go down east main past central magnet then from there it goes halfway around the square and i guess ends on the other side of the square correct it's going to be a big parade this year from what I understand, a lot
2: of participants. Absolutely. I will be definitely uh, bigger than it was in 2019. Did we have it in 2019? Yes, we did. We just didn't have it in 2020.
1: Okay. So it was 2020 that the parade did not take place because of COVID? Yep. And I think there was one year, I don't remember which year it was, but there was one year they had to call it off because of the snow, the ice mm-hmm. and everything.
2: That was way before me.
1: I don't think that's going to happen <laughs> this time.
2: No, I definitely don't think it will. Hopefully no rain either. They were talking about the possibility of rain. Well, it's Tennessee. You never know. That's true. Do you have any idea how many entries there are? You know, I don't have an exact number, but I do know that um, the Parks Department has taken over the parade. In fact, if it weren't for your mother, the parade wouldn't even exist. I believe she has been the head of the parade for over 30 plus years.
1: She has. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a long time. You know, I remember one year. This was a lot I was a little kid, but I remember one year we the day after the parade, we woke up the next morning. It was a Monday mm-hmm. and she could not pull out of the driveway to take me to school. You know, I was like uh, 13, 12, yeah. 13, I don't know how old I was. Anyway, she could not pull out of the driveway the day after the parade to take me to school. Do you know why? Why? Someone had dumped, I bet you it was a dump truck full. horse manure what in the driveway no yeah
2: oh my goodness
1: here's what happened so uh, i guess the first year or two that she planned the parade and everything she put the horses in front of the bands and in front of the different walkers who are walking the parade route yeah and somebody
2: didn't like it very well those were her learning years for sure
1: they they definitely were but can you believe that i I don't think horrible i've never told this story to anybody no until today yeah not even me yeah so i'll tell you about it so yeah we woke up the uh, the day after (laughs) the parade and there was literally a dump truck full of horse manure blocking our driveway so i couldn't get to school that morning
2: wow that's that's funny and crazy
1: so we never figured out who actually dumped the manure at the end of our driveway right there at the street. But whoever did it, they did a good job. I don't know how they scraped (laughs) up that much horse manure on a Sunday and then dumped it off, I guess, in the middle of the night.
2: It may have been a family affair thing, you know, just getting the whole family involved. It it would have been back in the mid
1: to late 1980s, I guess.
2: You know, knowing your mom, though, she would have said, I forgive you. I'm sure she laughed.
1: I think her words were, oh, the cow manure. (laughs) Holy cow. (laughs) Something like that. So anyway, the parade is going to be this Sunday. Starts at 2 o'clock. People will line up all up and down East Main Street.
2: Yes. I think we might have a few vendors this year. i um, not exactly sure yet about that. And we'll have porta-potties lined up along the Strip. Plenty of candy. Plenty of entertainment. Santa Claus will be there.
1: I know Stan Vault over there at Parks Auction. They've, I think since the 1980s, have donated the porta, porta potties, potties, yeah, yes. or or they've paid for the porta potties to be out there on the parade route yes. and at the parade lineup each and every year for over 35 years.
2: They have, and he is absolutely wonderful and so helpful, accountable. If it weren't for him, we wouldn't have porta potties, which is a really big thing, um, especially being out there for several hours, you know, not having anywhere to go. So, thank you to to Stan very much for that.
1: We're talking with Josie Walker about the annual Christmas parade, which is coming up again on Sunday. And this year, Larry Flowers and Michael Lynn White from City Channel 3, and of course Larry is with the police department, their spokesperson, they're going to be videoing the entire Christmas parade and providing narration, I guess, for the parade, kind of like a... Like a
2: Macy's. (laughs) This is the Murfreesboro Macy's Parade. (laughs) They'll
1: have to talk real quiet like that, won't they? Kind of like a golf game.
2: Right, for sure. Yeah, we met with Michael yesterday, and she actually was looking forward to it. So this will be... A fun event for everybody.
1: They're going to be set up right in front of Central Magnet School, which is a good place to be set up. And supposedly there's going to be a food truck in that area as well. That's what I heard. I don't know if that's actually going to happen.
2: Right. We're not sure yet, but we're, we're hoping. There's a, a, a few little niches you have to do a little extra than just signing up for the parade when you have a food truck.
1: Quinn is here too. Quinn's our son. He is 15. He's going to be in the parade this year, from what I understand, handing out candy very carefully, not throwing it at little kids or elderly people is that right yes sir did you participate in the parade last year Uh, no sir we
2: didn't have a parade last year are you gonna walk the whole parade route yes sir
1: Sammy is here as well and Sammy uh, you participated in the parade a year before I guess how did that go what did you do in the parade
3: I handed out candy to all the little kids standing on the side of the road
1: how long of a walk was that because you walked the whole route was it about a mile and a half
3: yeah I would say a mile and a half two miles maybe It was a really good experience. It was a good experience?
2: (laughs) (laughs) He actually was, um, he rode in the WGNS vehicle for the half of the parade. So he's a little busted there. He walked for half, rode for half.
1: You know, you have to buy a lot of candy to be prepared for that parade because a lot of candy is tossed out by a lot of different businesses and civic organizations.
2: Oh, absolutely. It's a ton, literally. If you buy a ton, it still isn't enough.
1: Now, it's too late to register to be in the parade for this year if you haven't done that already. But for those who are planning to be in the parade that are already registered, and let's say they're buying candy maybe this afternoon, how much candy should they buy to be prepared for the parade on Sunday?
2: As much as they can afford. I think we filled up the whole trunk of Afford Escape. We sure did. I, I don't even want to mention how much we spent, but we still didn't have enough. For all of the newbies, those who have just recently moved into the Rutherford County area, this would be a great experience for you to kind of get a feel for our county and our people here.
1: And if you have kids, make sure they bring like trick-or-treat bags or something. Oh,
2: absolutely. Make sure you bring a a bag for sure.
1: Now, there's going to be Santa Claus in this year's parade, just like every year. And Santa Claus is at what part in the parade? When can we expect him? At the very end. So he's going to kind of follow up, make sure everybody's being nice. Nice.
2: No naughty. All nice. (laughs) Yes. Santa Claus will be at the end of the parade, kind of closing it out. And then we'll have our um, our winners.
1: Talking about the Christmas parade, which is going to be on Sunday. What is the theme of the parade this year?
2: The spirit of Christmas.
1: Have you talked to anybody who's actually putting together a float? And if so, how much time are some of the different organizations spending on putting together floats?
2: I have, actually. I mean, it just depends on your float, but it can run several hundred dollars and a couple weeks it can take
1: couple of weeks man that that would be an elaborate float
2: yeah they definitely dedicate a lot of time into some of these floats and and it shows
1: you know something we've never seen in the parade which i'm hoping to see one day i'm thinking those giant blow up superman and
2: (laughs) things like 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 in the macy's parade where they float and fly in the air
1: yeah like a giant snoopy or, or something like that that'd be cool but we've never seen that you know i know there's electric lines that are in the way and trees and tree limbs
2: we definitely need one. We could do like a, a superhero with your face on it, like a bobblehead. Or that's Brian's a, actually. He's really the superhero.
1: That's a good idea. You know, I don't think it would make it even past that first intersection. Middle <laughs> Tennessee Boulevard in East Main. It wouldn't make it because you got <laughs> the streetlights.
2: We, we could do like a kite. We can make it go up and down. We, we could figure that out.
1: That's a good idea. That that would be really neat to see. Anyway, you know, there's going to be a Best Of, a Mayor's Cup Award. There, there's all these different awards that different groups and businesses can receive by having the best float, the best walking group, the best dance group, all of that stuff.
2: Yes, I believe we will be giving out six different awards.
1: And these are trophies that they take home with them, right? Yes. And that's thanks to L&K Trophy House. They have been helping out with the parade as well for, you know, at least 35 years.
2: I was going to say, since the beginning. A
1: lot of people make this happen every single year. The uh, Amateur Radio Club, that's another organization that helps out with this. Exchange Club, they have helped out with it. Pretty much everybody who has been in Murfreesboro for over five years, it seems like they have helped out with the parade.
2: It's so nice that they can say that they've all played a little role and had their part in it. I would really like to give a special uh, thank you to Rachel Singer with the Parks Department for all that she has done and her willingness to take over this parade and just really make it powerful and add more to it than we had even in the past i really appreciate her for that
1: and again the parks department is officially taking the reins of the annual christmas parade so next year i, I guess the parks will be pretty much putting it all together from start to finish yes they will that's a big job to take on as you know and as you've seen
2: yes have witnessed your mother absolutely But I have no doubt that the Parks Department can pull it off and and make it wonderful.
1: Again, the annual Christmas parade, the Murfreesboro Christmas parade, is going to be this Sunday. It starts at 2 o'clock. A lot of people who are not in the parade, but a lot of people who are coming to watch the parade, they usually start lining up around 1 o'clock.
2: Yes, they do. I've seen some get there um, as early as 11, actually.
1: 11 a.m.? Yes. Or 11 the night before. (laughs) Never know. People bring their own food, drinks out there. They set up lawn chairs. Usually the busiest area is in front of Central and then also around the square itself. There's a lot of people that go there, set up their lawn chairs to watch the parade.
2: Yes, it's actually wonderful. There really isn't much room in between everybody. Like it's it's pretty packed.
1: It is. Every year, I, I think I have seen, at least the last five or six years, I've seen people walking the parade route selling cotton candy, selling blow-up toys, right. stuff like that. I don't know if they're supposed to do that, but I've, <laughs> I've noticed it every year.
2: Yep, I think I think they are. I I think they, they got some approval. Bring your cotton candy appetite. And maybe a few extra dollars for some blow-up toys.
1: Again, the parade is gonna be this Sunday, two o'clock right here in Murfreesboro. It'll start near the intersection of East Main and Middle Tennessee Boulevard, then go down East Main, around the square, and end on North Walnut. Josie, thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you.
0: The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.
1: morning still a heavy volume of traffic making its way down the interstate 24 east coming in from rutherford county but it's still moving right now into davidson county and through the hickory hollow area tons of radar out here a little bit earlier on uh, 24 up around medical center parkway it's an underwater world of wonder at ripley's aquarium check out the sea turtle sharks, so much more log on to ripley's aquarium of Smokies.com. i'm commander chuck with your on-time traffic
2: We'll see a few scattered rain showers and thunderstorms here for this afternoon with cloudy skies, a high in the low 70s, winds out of the south around 10 to 15 miles per hour, gusting as high as 25. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Vuichitsky on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 56. Hi,
3: this is Dan at Music World and Drummers Den. We have new things going on here for Christmas. We have gift cards available for any amount from a dollar up to whatever you want to spend on it. We have Christmas specials going on. Our prices are competitive. Sometimes we're even below the online prices. We have layaway plans available, and this is real popular at Christmas. Music World and Drummer's Den, 2762 South Church, right across the street from Indian Hills Golf Course.
0: It's so important that we recognize our veterans, shake their
1: hands and say how proud we are of the service that they have given to our country and that we thank them for that. I am Becky Bookner, and we salute our veterans.
0: WGNS proudly salutes and remembers our U.S.
3: veterans who have served our country.
1: We're talking with Glenn King, and you're a World War II veteran.
3: During World War II, it was different than any of the other wars that we've had since. The youth of America couldn't wait until they are old enough to enlist in the armed forces. And the war was coming to an end, and I dropped out of high school and joined the Marines. How old were you when you actually enlisted? Barely 17. You also served in Korea as well. The big thing that I remember during the Korean War, I was assigned to a Marine Corps fighter squadron, VMF 144. There were two very important people there that were left over from World War II. They thought there would never be another war. So after the war ended, since they were pilots, they would stay in the reserve and once a month have a lot of fun flying the fighter planes around. They were two baseball players. One was Jerry Coleman, and then the other one was Ted Williams.
1: You got to meet Ted Williams? Yes. What, what
3: was he like? Very personal. You know, he was an officer and I was enlisted, so we didn't get to mingle with each other. Ted Williams was a fighter pilot in World War II. During the Korean War, Ted Williams was the wingman for John Glenn. This has been a salute to veterans on WGNS Radio.
1: Restoration One of Middle Tennessee.
2: A team of experts and immediate responders who help homeowners after disaster strikes. After
1: disaster strikes.
2: Fire, water, or storm damage, we can help you get your life back to normal quickly.
1: RestorationOneMiddleTennessee.com.
2: Locally and veteran-owned.
0: The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.
1: Morning. We're talking with David Adalot. He is the band director for Siegel High School here in Murfreesboro. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Scott. So, what is it like being the band director? You know, you always hear stories about, you know, one time at band camp. <laughs> so, what 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 is being a band director like?
4: Uh, it's loud. <laughs> I bet it is. And you're surrounded by people all the time. Um, it's it's uh it's wonderful. It's you know for me I'm naturally kind of an introverted person, but I you know I was a band kid in high school and I was in band at MTSU and that sort of thing, and so I've just been around and immersed in it my whole life. So it's just part of what I do. Uh, but it's there's never a dull moment, and there always are those stories about uh you know this one time at camp and. When things are so, when you're I guess when you're a part of anything, whether it's, you know, you're in athletics or whatever, when you're so intensely involved in something and you're around the same people for so much, those little funny things tend to happen and pop up and and so it's a it's a great thing, and I'm happy to be uh, at Siegel High School.
1: So, what was what, what did you play in high school, Then what did you play going into in MTSU?
4: Uh, I played trumpet in high school. Um, my high school band director. I'm from Hickman County High School. And my high school band director was Fred Barlow, who is now the principal over at Rockvale Middle School. And so it's funny because he'll show up at Seagull once in a while for a, for a middle school football game and I'll give him a wave you know across the parking lot. So Fred was young when he was, uh, he just started teaching uh, uh, in that county when I was a high school kid. and so we, uh, we loved Mr. Barlow and had a lot of uh, there's a lot of band directors that came out of our high school our high school band uh, and have taught, including David England, one of the band directors over in the Blackland cluster. David and I went to high school. So uh, high school, I was a trumpet player. And then went to MTSU and played trumpet there as well. And then graduated in 1992 and started teaching.
1: Hey And before coming to Murfreesboro, the Rutherford County area, you were at, what, Franklin?
4: Yeah, I, uh, I started teaching over in West Tennessee. And then I did some time in uh, Metro Nashville schools and then went to, um, went to Williamson County. And ended up at Franklin High School in 2007. And I was there for 12 years. <laughs> and then uh, the fine arts director position came open in Williamson County, and so I applied for that and that was my job for two years. I was fine arts director and worked at the central office for two years and was around some wonderful people and uh, made some great friends and yes. feel like we did some good things during COVID, but uh, i always felt the allure of the classroom and could never really get being around, as we talked earlier about just being around uh, high school kids and being around, you know, being immersed in bands. And so I could never really get that out of my system. So the seagull position came open earlier this spring and i emailed mr creasy and we sat and talked and here i am today and i couldn't be happier
1: again with us today seagull high school band director david ate a and uh first of all everybody from hickman county sounds like they came to rutherford county to teach or <laughs> be band directors uh, but you went to west tennessee nashville in franklin tennessee williamson county area to rutherford county so you have really experienced a lot of different areas of tennessee what stands out to you about each area
4: uh i I would say that just the number of good people i've been fortunate to be around no matter what the location you know er, everyone that sort of is in their own zone for a long time thinks their challenges are unique And the fact is is that pretty much everybody has the same set of challenges there there are nuances and differences but everybody is there are obstacles for all of us and that's a common thing that we talk about with with our with our with our band students is how do you overcome challenges how do you how do you how do you define what are your what your what we're trying to accomplish and then identify those obstacles and how we're going to move through those because oftentimes the obstacle is actually the path forward towards whatever you want you, you can't circumvent it you have to go through whatever that is and finding a way through that and and uh, trying to get teenagers to do that is a wonderful challenge so and, uh, and
1: when you're talking about teens today it seems like a lot of teens they go through some challenges that you know you and I didn't really experience yeah. when we were younger there's a lot of tough in life
4: it's uh i can't imagine going back to school and uh and and being in school now with uh, all the social media aspects and i mean i felt you know i i rode the school bus for a long time and you know and i felt criticized on that school bus from older kids but that was just a few kids you know i can't imagine my my social media profile being out there and being sort of subject to attack from you know so many people and I think the, the more that we as adults can do to equip students with ways to uh, sort of put up, I don't want to say shields, but to help them deal with that potential criticism is very important because they feel it and there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of times where the students are going through emotions related to social media that I never had to deal with and so I can't, I can't speak from experience with that with them. So we're constantly searching for ways to try to help them cope with those challenges.
1: And, you know, I I think that's true for all groups within high schools, be it you're in a sport, absolutely, uh, you're in the band, whatever you're in, there's always somebody who's going to, you know, be irritated at you, mad at you, uh, jealous of you in some way. Yep. And, and you also have the aspect of bullying. School yep. bullying is real, and that's something else that takes place throughout Tennessee.
4: More and more, I think we have to talk about having a, a culture that we design for schools and Programs and uh, band programs or athletic groups, whatever it is, so that we are designing a culture that will support the students. If we don't take the time to sit and think about what components we want to go into the culture, the way the students relate to each other, the way they deal with each other, then we're just going to sort of get whatever happens. And so, if we can be proactive about designing those culture, those cultural items for how they relate to each other, then I think we're going to have a better outcome at the end. And again, sort of putting that protective element in against all the social media uh potential problems
1: now are you also a teacher at Siegel and if so what do you teach each yeah day? I teach
4: band uh, all day long and then we have so we have band classes during the day uh and then we have the marching band element happens after school so uh yeah we're we're teacher we start school at 8:30. so
1: you know it's fascinating because you also have had the chance to be in the administration side of of schools and that was in Franklin Tennessee and then you also had the opportunity and still are on the teaching side but I've heard from other teachers who have made that transition from teaching to administration and some of them did the same thing they came right back to teaching being in the classroom so there must be something about being in the classroom having that impact on those lives that really speaks to you.
4: I think if I had gone to administration ten years ago, it might have been different for me. But I'm this is I don't I'm, this is not the end of my career. But I'm certainly in the I'm in 52 now, and so for me, it's really a choice of how I want to spend my time. And central office was a different sort of time frame, right? If I have an I if I have an idea at Siegel about I'm so I want to try this with something, then I'm going to know by fourth period whether or not it works. <laughs> but if I'm in administration, if I have an idea for something. It's got to get vetted, tested, and it's going to take six months. And I tend to be a little bit of an impatient person. And so I, I like that feedback loop to be a lot quicker. So for me, that was part of it. And then also the other thing I think especially with, with high school with, with high school teachers especially is you love your subject. And so did I want to spend my time typing in Microsoft 365 all day? Or did I want to study scores and music written by great composers and help students learn that? And so I'm, I'm a musician. And so... I wanted I wanted to spend my time around uh, around the art form
1: now are there other instruments that you also play
4: uh, I can get my way around on most things uh, actually the guy that I work with Blake Ward he's fantastic he's young his instrument pedagogy is off the charts he can pick up anything and play it and I just I stand in the back and want to throw rocks at him because I'm a little jealous all the time <laughs> I could just go practice too like he's done <laughs> so but yeah it's you, you have to have an instrument working knowledge of everything and Probably be good at one or two that are that will help you sort of make the translation between the other instruments
1: again we're talking with david Adelot, siegel high school band director and you haven't been at siegel real long so what are i guess since you've been there what are some of the accomplishments the band has made and strides they have made
4: well siegel's been a great band for a long time it started in 2003 and really just sort of hit the ground running immediately uh of course, COVID stopped all the band competitions and festivals and things like this. And so coming out of COVID this year, we, we had a really good competitive season. We The first three contests we went to, we won. And then we went to the Contest of Champions in Murfreesboro, which is the annual event over there. It's been, it's been around for a long, long time, 56 years. And uh, we placed second there, and we were the highest scoring Tennessee band, and we have the Tennessee Governor's Cup. So that was a real great accomplishment for our kids to go from – sort of where we started at band camp in the summertime and then end up in that prestigious position. And then we finished our season uh, in Johnson City at East Tennessee State University in that mini dome that they have there, which is really like a big airplane hangar. It's a really interesting stadium. And for a Bands of America contest with some groups that are from... Uh, groups from Tarpon Springs, Florida, uh, groups from all over the southeast that are really, really good groups. And we ended up being fifth place there, which was, I think, the highest Seagulls ever placed at one of those Bands of America regional competitions. So it's been a really good fall. And uh, we just had our we just had our winter concert this past Tuesday night and did a potluck dinner with the parents. And uh, it felt good to be around a lot of people again in that you know, doing what we do. We had, the, we had the, the Siegel Choir concert was last night. It was just so. It's nice to be sort of back and beginning to sort of emerge from where we've been. But for Siegel, the thing that is that I would love to talk about this morning a little bit is next year is our 20th anniversary, and so we're really excited about this. Uh, there are such a there's such a great alumni base of Siegel band members. And we want to reach out to those folks because we're going to commission a piece of music to be written for the 20th anniversary of Siegel High School. We've contacted a composer named Tyler Grant, who lives down in Atlanta. And he's going to write us a fanfare work that will be real exciting. It'll sound, you know, we're the stars. And so it's going to be, it'll have sort of a star element to it. And uh, we're going to engage with our alumni to help us with this this commissioning project. And also we're going to try to do like an alumni band project to come in and help us premiere this work. It'll be the first time this work ever gets played, ever, and so we're excited about the beginnings of that project and and really engaging with the alumni base. You know, Mr. Sears, the band director at Rockvale, is a Siegel grad, so they're all over the place, and so we're excited about reaching out to them and, you know, just really strengthening those relationships with our alumni base.
1: So a 20-year history now at Siegel High School, that would make uh, some of those who graduated 20 years ago, I guess about 38 years old. Mm-hmm. It's hard to believe Siegel's already been there that long.
4: Right? <laughs> yes, it, it is. <laughs> we don't have to get into too much of the math here this morning, Scott, because <laughs> I'm at the point now where I've got kids that I taught in my previous in my previous stops that are going to be band parents next year at Siegel, and so uh, that's a it's going to be an interesting thing for me to have to deal with <laughs> is being the grand band parent.
1: Now, for anybody who has not had kids in school for the last. 20 years or so band has really changed a lot over the years because i know some parents when they think about band they think about oh it's an attitude group of kids trying yep. to play but that's not really the case anymore there is a lot of talent out there that really we didn't have when our town was a lot smaller
4: this is a wonderful place to teach. Uh, Lindsay Halford is the is the fine arts director here. She and I have been friends for a long time. Uh, this, the way that Rutherford County Schools go about goes about supporting the arts has been recognized across the country as one of the best communities for music education. And so it is different. People see the value of the arts. Uh, uh, people have always valued, I think, you know, music as a as an art form. But as it, as it relates to the educational process, it's a wonderful uh, way to sort of uh, Give those kids that are artistically inclined a place to feel at home in schools. And if you're if you're a really talented musician, you have to also be able to use your right brain and your left brain really well together. The hemispheres of the brain are are stronger and work together more with musicians. And so there's a lot of effects that it has that, that the study of music has on on students in school that are very positive. And you're right; they never show high school bands in the movies or TV shows where they look really good. <laughs> you know, it's always like uh, you know it doesn't sound very good and that sort of thing. And so we talk to the students about that. Is we want to be we want to be standard setters and we want to we want to do a really good job we want to approach our job at high school band students as seriously as someone who's a professional you know how many times do you want your your airplane pilot to land the plane successfully
1: i would prefer that
4: right well that's how we want to approach every note we play and every 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 time we move we want to have that level of quality with what we do so that our students have that sort of set of expectations for themselves as they move into whatever they're going to do after high school
1: so since you have started teaching number of years back, going up until today, have you seen some students who started out in music and now they're actually having a career in music?
4: Yeah, there's a student. I've had, I've had, I've had a few of those. Uh, I had a student that played in the uh, the United States. one of the United States Air Force bands, and uh, she had a great career there. She went to the University of Michigan. Uh, probably the, the funniest story about this is I, when I first started teaching over in West Tennessee, there was a little short little trumpet player who moved in his sophomore year and uh i gave him little private lessons after school just to help him out a little bit there was no charge or anything and he kept saying let me pay you let me pay you and i said no don't pay me just whenever you get your first big show just give me some tickets and so he went to mtsu and then moved to la and started playing in la ended up touring with kelly clarkson and uh he gave me he gave me a call one day and said hey by the way i there's going to be two tickets for you at will call for the the who next week Oh, cool! and so he went on the world tour with Pete Townsend and The Who and they played in Nashville and so it was kind of cool that after all those years he was paying me back for those you know the time I helped him after school or whatever so that's really awesome yeah it's pretty cool and again he went to MTSU and was a music major at MTSU as well so just a, a Tennessee kid who's you know living a living as a professional musician in LA now.
1: You know, the arts can really take somebody a long way in life if they continue with it after high school, after elementary school. You know, they have to I guess hone in on the skills and continue with that love.
4: Well, you know, we try to we try to compare that aspect of it with whether it's going to med school or whether you're a professional athlete. It you know, uh, one, of the, one of the phrases that we, that irks me a little bit sometimes is when people say things like, oh, the kids are just so talented. Well, they probably are talented, but they also probably spent hours and hours and hours and hours and hours practicing. And so when we, when we say things like somebody's talented, was Michael Jordan talented? Absolutely. But he also shot 1,000 free throws a day every day so that he could work on that skill. And so we, wanna, we want to have the students understand that it takes a lot of hard work to get to that level and all the things that you see on Instagram posts are often the result of something and not the process that it takes to get there it takes a lot of work to be really really good at something whatever it is whether it's trumpet or you know, construction. It's this you know, it's the same the same principles apply across multiple uh disciplines.
1: Again, we're talking about band and we have Siegel High School band director David Adelaut with us this morning. Coming up this weekend, this Sunday, in fact at two o'clock, is the annual Murphy's Bro Christmas parade and Siegel High School is participating in that. How do you go about getting somebody ready for marching? Because that's that's a little different than just playing and sitting in a chair and playing.
4: If I say one step at a time, is that too uh, is that too much of a <laughs> That's fun? exactly what you're doing, I guess. <laughs> Actually, we try to back in. We started we started uh, in May with mini camp when we just sort of begin to bring the freshmen in and get them acclimated. But it really we break down this each step into like four different parts, and so we go very small chunks, very slowly, with lots of repetitions over time. So and by the, the end, they have the they have the the fundamental skills to be able to apply that information in a variety of settings, including including marching on asphalt in a straight line down through uh, through Murfreesboro.
1: So when it comes to the freshman student who may or may not have played in middle school and, and some middle schools, I guess, are smaller across the, you know, across Tennessee, they may have never marched before. Yeah. So as a freshman coming into high school, do you first just say, well, let's teach you how to march. That's number one. We then number you two. to
4: stand first.
1: Well, that's true. You, yeah. you got you to bring it start all together, with,
4: even with just what the posture should look like, and and again, back to the culture idea earlier. It's when we when we get to the point that our high school, the the rest of the students are being good are good models and good leaders for them. Then that helps bring the freshmen along even faster. And so the way we work to the way we work together and relate to each other is so important for the importance for those fundamental skills because if you tell somebody hey we want you to join band and by the way we're going to work on how you stand for about 30 minutes it doesn't sound very exciting so if they see other students that are modeling the behavior and understand the process then it makes it easier and more palatable for those uh for those those rising ninth graders to understand the hard work that goes into uh, what we do
1: and there's a lot of coordination with marching while also playing an instrument so that's got to be good for the brain
4: it is and it's it's good for it's good for their physical coordination and you know and band now is not just uh marching in a straight line or whatever it's now uh there's also choreography that goes and so the students have to be able to move and express whatever the music call the music calls for through movement as well so we ask them you know we'd even do dance fundamentals they learn what a plie is and they learn what a tendu is and those sorts of things and so there's a lot of coordination with the physical aspects of of you know of movement beyond just the old playing and marching of bands from when i was in high school
1: now this coming sunday again is the annual christmas parade it'll go down east main street and around the square at two o'clock on sunday what music are your students going to be playing
4: oh we're going to play uh we're going to play joy to the world and jingle bells and of course
1: the theme of the parade i think is the spirit of christmas and so mm-hmm. that makes perfect sense That's right
4: we're excited about it it's going to be fun do you know if all the other high schools, are, are they all going to be in this year? I think all the Murfreesboro schools are doing it for sure, yeah. I think Blackman's in, Riverdale, Oakland. I, I don't have a full list in front of me, but I've seen the it's a it's a robust list of programs that are going to be there.
1: And uh, there's a lot of people. Have you been to the parade before? I've never been Square? to a
4: Murfreesboro Christmas parade, so I'm excited about it.
1: The streets are, are definitely lined with folks who are watching the parade, so there's a lot of people out there. Uh, now, when you're a band director and you're doing something like a Christmas parade, are you marching with the students? And if so, where are you in the in the crowd, and what are you doing?
4: I'm usually wherever I need to be. So uh, there's the communication element between uh, me and the percussion section because they're the ones that sort of signal when we're about to play because we have it when when we're just moving down the street the drums are playing by themselves it's called a cadence and then when it's time for the wind players to play then there's a there's a signal that they have to generate that you know signals the wind players that it's time to play and so I'm usually doing that or I'm making sure that you know somebody's shoes untied I'm helping with that Uh, but I'm not marching in the parade I think I've aged out of that a long time ago, <laughs> so and I hopefully I won't need a wheelchair or anything to complete this one. So
3: now, do
1: you see different traits in different personalities depending on what they play? Because when I think of drummers, well, my son he started playing drums when he was about eight or nine years old, and he's always been the type who uh, was a little more hyper, and, and, <laughs> and you know he he also played sports. But I can see different traits in his personality versus somebody. Who was in the band with him who may have played i don't know the saxophone or the trombone right uh,
4: i think it's 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 definitely a thing and i think each instrument has its own has its own purpose in the band you know uh, percussion instruments are intended to be heard and so sometimes larger personalities gravitate there uh, i think i also think it has to do with proximity to the band director in class too so the flutes are on the front row and so they're usually pretty well behaved because they're right there uh, and the tubas and the trombones and, you know, those bigger instruments and percussion are further away. And so I think some of it has to do with proximity to the teacher as well. But I, it's kind of funny and it and it does apply. You know, you can meet somebody from Nevada that plays whatever instrument. And oftentimes they'll have those same personality traits.
1: So you can look at somebody and say, you know, I bet they play. <laughs> I think like I've got to be a trombone player. Yeah, like yeah, I've got yeah. a
4: dog that if he were if he were a human, I know he'd be a trombone player because <laughs> he always knows where the food is. He's so that's
1: funny. And again, the parade's coming up. It's this Sunday, 2 o'clock. What time do y'all line up for an event like a parade? We're going
4: to have the kids be there at 1, mostly because they shut traffic down beforehand. And so we'll have the kids there at about 1 and kind of go through the routine a little bit, just standing still and then get ready for the parade too.
1: And what do you see for the future for the Siegel High School Band? I know you said one uh, one thing you're working on is a... uh, a piece that's going to be, I guess, the theme of Segal High School as they celebrate their 20th anniversary. But what else do you see in the future?
4: Well, we want to establish uh, a larger footprint than just playing our, playing our instruments. We want to have a the, the, the core of what we do is what we do in class every day, in our concert band classes. From that, we have a marching band that's an award-winning marching band. We also have a jazz band. We're going to have some percussion ensembles. And so there's there's the marching band is everybody together, and then there's the different smaller components that also are important. And that happens especially in the springtime. And so probably the thing that needs to develop next for us is more of those smaller chamber groups, like a little flute choir or a saxophone choir. Uh, because when the students get into smaller groups, they have more independence, and that allows them to have more growth and more. they can be more creative with what, with what music they're playing and how they play it because they're in the smaller group. And so that's a, a component of our band program that we're excited about developing uh, in the next couple of years.
1: And how big is the Siegel Band?
4: We're about 130, 140 right now. I keep telling everybody we want to be 250.
1: Two fifty. Yeah, that that's a big band. Yeah,
4: yeah, that's what we want.
1: So when you're the band director, are you overseeing all these different, I guess, segments of the band? Like, you know, well, these guys they're also going to be doing a a jazz piece, and it's a group of four. Or I mean, are there different aspects to? We it? have
4: folks that come in and help us, just like a coach would have a coaching staff that has sort of specialties. So, uh, you know, we have folks that are... We have a really great color guard program at Seagull. We're excited about the future of that guard program. And so we have folks that have specialty in that that come in and help us. Same thing on the percussion side, too. So uh, we're over Mr. Ward and I are overseeing it, and oftentimes we're very hands-on with a lot of things. And also we're sort of just managing a little bit of what the other folks are helping us with.
1: Now, during the whole COVID pandemic, whenever it was at its peak, I I know at some point bands were not even... You know going to the games uh is that all back to normal now
4: that's that's back to normal now we were at all the games this past year uh and you know we had for us we had a little bit of a covid situation in august it was a little tricky there we had a lot of kids that were getting quarantined and that sort of thing uh i think this is wood knock it, on wood. wood yeah <laughs> uh, that's been much better recently so uh, I don't want to state too much or get too carried away, but it feels like we're coming out of something now.
1: So. I, I hope so, because, you know, during that time, it was it was really different for students. And, and I think we saw a lot of students whose grades kind of went down. Yep. They didn't learn as well if they were at home because they were quarantined. So hopefully everything will be, you know, in the future, pretty much normal.
4: Yeah, I hope so, too. Uh, and I hope we learn from it, too. You know, when I was when, putting my fine arts director hat on from a couple of years ago, we knew it was going to be a real challenge for teachers because you wouldn't just be able to pull out your lesson plans that you'd been using for the past 10 years and apply those you know yes you always do your second grade you know program for music in the first week of October you're not going to do that and so it was very challenging for teachers to have to sort of go back to reasoning from first principles about what's most important how do we teach the standards for art education in Tennessee in ways that we've never thought about so that was very challenging and uh, there was we had some incredible creativity. when, when I, and when I was in Williamson County, and I know it also happened here in Rutherford County because I talked to Miss Halford, Doctor Halford about this a lot too. So, uh, just seeing the what may come out of this as a positive because of the creativity that was necessary in the situation that's going to be exciting for us to be able to apply those things we learn now in a situation that's more like what we're used to before
1: some teachers using programs like zoom to teach those kids who are at home is that also true for band directors because man the people playing in band that that would be tough to do by zoom you've got some delays yeah you
4: can't do it really it's a you, you, sometimes on social media you'll see place you'll see videos that get posted of a choir and they're all singing together. That's not on Zoom. That's that's a that's a that's a an highly edited program and a file that's been edited so that everything lines up. No, but the the Siegel Band directors last year, Mr. White was the was the head band director last year with Mr. Ward. They did a really good job of engaging with the the distance learning students through doing private lessons on Zoom, and so they were able to keep. Keep things moving that way uh, through that one-on-one instruction through Zoom, but I think it did open up a whole bunch of possibilities for hey, wait, let's let's see if we can Zoom with this person that's you know lives in Washington D.C. or whatever that can offer our kids something. So there's a lot of there's a lot of things that again we had to learn and new tools we acquired last year through the pandemic that uh, will be beneficial for us moving forward
1: again with us this morning seagull high school band director david ate a lot and we appreciate you joining us today and once more the Siegel High School Band is going to be in the Christmas Parade. It'll be on Sunday at 2 o'clock, heading down East Main, starting right around the MTSU campus, ending at North Walnut Street. So I'm sure a lot of folks are looking forward to that.
4: We're excited. And thanks so much for having me, Scott. I really appreciate it.
1: And if somebody wants to learn more about the Siegel High School Band, where do they need to turn?
4: Just go to our website. Just search, just Google Siegel Band, and it'll come right up, and you can find my contact information there.
1: Future concerts, all that will be listed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sounds good. Well, thanks again for joining us. Thank you.
0: The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at wgnsradio.com.